He just told me he got a phone call. That's okay. You you guys definitely don't want me taking you through the charts because I look at the charts and I'm just like, I'm always bearish. And I look at the charts and I'm oh my God, this looks like a perfect profit-taking time for a lot of people. There's some uncertainty with the ETFs, whether they get approved or not, yada, yada, yada. If you bought in two months ago, you're up like 5X on almost every token. But um, yeah, we could have um, we could have people come. I don't know retro. If you want to come back up, even in anything you've got for us about neutron, feel free. Uh, oh, thank you back. Yeah, I'm sorry, I caught Wi-Fi girl right there. Um, yeah, no problem. I was just saying that you they don't want me talking about charts. <laughs> no, um, you know it's it's funny uh, as we were has, having this event or having this space. You know, I kept glancing back at the charts, and lo and behold, you see like it's not a big bump down or anything like that. But you know, we are having a pretty good red day. Um, it's like we were saying earlier, man. I think people just like, you know, you got to you gotta kind of expect these ebbs and flows and appreciate them for what they are. There's a lot of people right now, like as we were talking, I was Googling like what's going on. I think a lot of people are just going into that, that narrative of it's going to be a, you know, sell the event or sell the, the release or the news, I should say, uh, tomorrow uh, in the upcoming weeks. But I, I really honestly, like if you take a look at things right now, you know, take a look at Adam. Adam's down 4.41%. Uh, Stars is down 9 Osmo is down seven. Who, who, like, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to. It's a meme token. It's down eighteen percent. But like, if you zoom out and take a look at it on a daily or weekly, they're also up like hundred percent from from their lows. So what's a down day like like today? Uh, you know, you got to put things in perspective. I wouldn't freak out all too much. And uh, you know, if you're consistently taking profits on the way up, if you were taking positions, none of this stuff matters. Like, really, none of this stuff really matters. Um. I will say though, I I am kind of um prepared for a, a hard move down. Uh, if we do get a denial, uh, it all the way down to like test forty, and if that breaks, I'm not joking when I say thirty two to thirty is going to be the next zone, which I would suspect does hold up for Bitcoin. Uh, and I have limit orders down there. I don't know if Joe, you were saying that before. I actually have limit orders down there. Um, but I've I've been saying for like six months for me thirty one thousand five hundred thereabouts is like such a critical number. And once Bitcoin established that five, I switched from like worst bear of all time to biggest bull, like give me leverage on everything. But I think we might be a little um, exaggerated above that mark. So I think I have limit orders. I think it's like 30, 36, five, 31, five. And then uh, below that, I don't remember where I put them. But I, like you said, I would suspect the fact that Fed hasn't raised interest rates, the fact that um, the news has decided to stop covering World War Three, and all the sentiment around ETFs, I think Bitcoin should hold 32, 31. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, I know Sefi's been talking about a lot of fibs and stuff like that as well. But if you go to the weekly time frame for Bitcoin and you actually just draw a fib from the bottom of the low where we caught the, the, the support up to our prior highs, the golden zone, on my fibs are right about 32.9, 34 to about 32. I know that's a pretty big variance as far as uh, price point goes, but, and if you go and take a look at that zone, right, if you're going to be placing orders or placing limit orders there, and you actually, again, this is the weekly time frame, and you zoom out and you draw uh, support, um, support uh, lines, uh, you can see that from the last couple halvings, going all the way back to July 2016, 
Uh, and, you know, you have another touch here, give or take, uh, around March 2020 when the great event that was COVID happened. Uh, we have a trend line that also got reinforced back here in December 2022, uh, and that lines up to that golden ratio, right? That golden that golden area on my fib uh, retracement tool that all lines up to about that 32 mid, like you know 32 34. But like you know I'm conservative, so I'm gonna place my bids right around 32, and then right on the uh, the support line. Um, and even if you don't like it, like bots love it, so you gotta understand how the markets uh, are, are used and abused and, and how emotional warfare actually takes place on the charts. And there's going to be probably, you know, a lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt that happened right there. But again, another thing that reinforces that zone is the 200 uh, SMA on the weekly timeframe, along with the 50 SMA, all kind of converging right now. If you, if you take a look at the weekly timeframe for Bitcoin and you look at those two things, all of it kind of lines up to that same area on the charts. About 30 to 32, I know that's a kind of uh, a range, but you know that's that's going to be huge. Ideally, I'd like to see it hold up above 40, but like conservatively and realistically, I'm prepared for that move down to 30. And if you guys don't think that that can happen, you're absolutely insane. You should be taking more profits. Um, is my humble suggestion, not financial advice. So yeah, I, I I love it. Yeah, I I mean, and if if you're if you're someone like me who I'm not day trading, I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking at anything below four hour charts for the most part. I'm totally fine with that revisiting of 32 K. I'm not, I'm not like a hundred percent all in on everything refusing to take profits because that also means there's going to be massive discounts on altcoins. So even if you don't like Bitcoin, you got to have some, you know, realistic view that if it does go down, yeah, it'll be terrible. Some, Leveraged longs will get wiped out, which I think is a good thing. You might get discounts on that Celestia that ran away from you, or Injective, or whatever, right? Even I was looking at Sommelier, it's holding great in the face of this red day, but I don't want to pay, get it at full. I want to get it at like 20 cents. So, you know, it's stuff well, like that. You have to look at it, the, the whole picture. Here, here's another thing to think about while Syncon comes up here as well. Like, right, I like to use uh, Market Cipher, I have a lifetime membership of it. So, like, I'll always probably promote it and use it. Might as well, right? It's already paid for. Um, but Market Cypher loves to use Japanese uh, candles or Hakanashi candles, however you want to call them. Um, if you take a look at the previous weeks, so, and then again, I, for me, dude, I don't even look at things under a daily time frame. Like, honestly, yeah, like I'm, that's how I am. If I'm taking a trade, it's on the longer time frames and mindset. Uh, but if you take a look at the, um, the Hakanashi candles, uh, you know what? Uh, if I take a look at this right now, just to be sure, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks in a row. We have had the body of the candle on the high side closing above the previous weeks. Now, right now, it's kind of iffy to be honest with you. The previous uh, last two weeks are were really, really close. And the only thing that gave it saving uh, was the wick highs on those candles, which uh, back here in December uh, or early of December, December eleventh, when when that happened, uh, you know, our wick high for the candle went to forty three eight. The body candle high was roughly where we were, where we're at right now, 32,370. Uh, and even if you take a look at the prior week, not this week, but the prior week, we were just a smidgen above that. But the, but the, uh, the wick uh, or the motion of the price action actually closed higher than the previous week's candle. Uh, so again, that was its saving grace. This week, though, is the first time that both is in double jeopardy, like the weekly candle uh, wick high is not as high as the previous week. The if this uh, momentum to the downside keeps up, 
uh, could also cause the body stick of the candle to also close lower. But that's just TA, right? And I'm, I consider myself more of a fundamentalist than a TA because TA is just a delayed response to what's happening out there fundamentally. Um, but you know, if, if you're just looking at TA and you're looking at that, you go, fuck, man, we had like 11 plus weeks or however much I said, like seven, whatever, uh, many weeks of upside uh, price action. We need to have a couple of weeks of either going sideways or red candles or else this isn't sustainable. This isn't maintainable. So people need to get realistic about it. Like, sure, uh, spot Bitcoin ETF news might be bullish, might be bearish. Uh, in any case, it doesn't really matter because we've been overbought for quite a while. Uh, and 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 like people who tell you otherwise just really don't know how to protect their capital or make money or save money. So that's just my humble opinion, though. What's up, Sencom? Sencom's here. This is going to be awesome. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Um, sorry for the delay. Um, we had an overlapping community call we always do on Thursdays. And we, we had some some lots of buzz happening over the holidays, unexpectedly, to be fair. And it took a little longer, so I, I hope um, you can forgive my um, myself being late. Never. No, none. You get no breaks. <laughs> well, as a German, um, you know, being late in itself is punishment. So you know, take that for what it's worth. That's fine, man. We, Joe and I heard that you guys actually have some really good news. Uh, but we'll let, you, we'll let you talk about that. Well, there's quite a few news. Um, do we assume everybody here in the space knows what White Whale is and what what everybody's doing over there, or shall we, you know, make a bigger circle here, Joe? I think I think just maybe like, like what is White Whale? It's the you know White Whale versus Megaloo, and then you could jump right into whatever you've got cooking. All right. So, um, White Whale, um, if you want to know more about White Whale, um, your best place to start is the White Whale Twitter account, White Whale DeFi. There's a link tree, you know, gets you to everything and the ecosystem and more. Um, White Whale itself is a team um, that does quite a few things. It runs validators, you know, I think securing like 30 or 40 million arbitrage bots. Um, one of the largest cross-chain TV or cross-chain DeFi protocols, the White Whale protocol. Um, live on almost a dozen chains with the DEX and Flash loans. And it's also the founding or the core team of the Migaloo blockchain, which is a permissionless Cosmosm blockchain, kind of like Juno, um, pretty similar, actually. Um, and it's it's the home of the interchain protocols. And together, um, the Whitewell team has been building not only its, its own Whitewell protocol um, across different chains, but has teamed up with a growing, really fast-growing number of, of partners in the ecosystem to realize this, this cross-chain vision of building. And among them, um, we have titans like Eris Protocol, which is the second largest um, liquid staking protocol in the cosmos. We have Backbone Labs, which is the one and only cross-chain NFT marketplace that is also fusing DeFi and NFTs together. We have Ginkgo, which is a upcoming um, so it's live, but it's a rising, um, quickly rising um, DeFi lending market that's currently offering the highest yield on USDC, native USDC on Megaloo. And we have, um, for example, the Raccoon team that I, I assume everybody in the space here, if you come from the Juno corner of the world, um, you might know 
but pretty much everybody I think knows Raccoon. They too have been teamed up with us and started to build cross-chain. Cool, fun stuff as well. Um, and re regarding exciting news, man, you know, we, I, I just spent like 90 minutes talking about uh, exciting stuff, not only from the Whitewell team, but, you know, from, from all the different ecosystem partners um, that, that will go, you know, way beyond this space. But I think one major thing to single out is that DAODAO, the premier app on Juno, has just deployed on, on Migaloo. So we've... We have a bunch of DAOs open now, and it's DAO season. So that's very exciting. That's pretty cool because I was just saying the other day, maybe last night, I can't remember, we were on a space, and I was saying that Juno's biggest problem is that DAO DAO is their flagship app, but DAO DAO needs an NFT marketplace, and it needs liquidity pools to be effective. Now they're going over to Migaloo. You guys have that, either via partnerships or on your chain and also multiple chains. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have still not fully grasped, I think, in which way technology is, is moving. Um, I think at Whitehill, we've been quite pioneering in this, starting this, you know, this idea of cross-chain building almost one and a half years, almost two years ago now. And um, it, it's starting to come full circle. And I, I think more and more people realize that just building your app on one chain, whatever app it is, could be NFTs, could be a DAO, could be a game, could be whatever, uh, is not you know how things are going to be done uh, in the future. So more, we see more and more interest um, now that you know we we kind of you know pushed forward and you know proven that it works and proven the benefits. We see more and more teams that say, hey, we want to get in on this. You know, we want to we have an app, we have a community on one chain. We want to go cross-chain. And then they quickly realize that it's damn hard. It's damn hard. So it's easier to team up with a you know larger group of teams, kind of like a joint venture, and um, work together. That makes it much more easier. You guys have so many partnerships, and you know, you're, you're in, what, five or six different chains at least right now. It's hard to keep up with what you've done. The other thing is your token's been like extra volatile over the last like six, eight months. I hold the token just so everyone knows. Um, I don't look at the price anymore because it's like, it's, it's almost like, why is the token going up? Why is it going down? But you guys have a lot of announcements that you've been making. It's not just today. Um, any chance you could quickly go through what you think, you know, has affected either the token price or, or just like, perception of what white whale is doing from people that are not intimately involved in your socials um so token price does what the token price does so um you know hard to say what 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 moves it, it's a low liquidity market so individuals um still have an influence on it it's getting less because we've um now well over a million in just whale liquidity so that, that's starting to get really tasty and volatility, you know, comes down a little bit. Um, but what are you know that that's a really good question. What are the, the most interesting achievements over the last couple of months? Um, you know, there there has been many listings of the whale token. You know, the whale token is listed on Helix Injective. It's listed on listed on centralized exchanges like MXC. It's listed as a collateral token to lend against. 
it's you know powering the the full DeFi and um, NFT ecosystem on Migaloo. Um, you know, with, with the highest USDC yield, with you know real yield in the in the you know triple digit percentages sometimes, sometimes in in double di- high double digits. Um, so, man, th- there's a lot to talk about. So. While you go, you were one of the first to coin the term real yield because I remember when we first talked, it was still during the time of, you know, 200% inflation, everything's going to be okay. We'll just keep making tokens and people will never sell because they're trapped into these high yield liquidity pools or they're going to stake and compound forever. So our token is fine. You were one of the first people that I heard even use the term real yield. You mentioned USDC. Maybe we'll start with where the yield is actually coming from for these these different um, you know, for which protocols and the strategies. So um, the the w- when you start exploring the the ecosystem that you know the Whitehill team has built, but also the different partners together, um, you'll find it quite complex uh, in a sense that you know that there's a lots of you know different. You know, it's very liquid staking token heavy. So you liquid stake your token first. You know, you get your base inflation of 4% because Migaloo has an inflation of 4%. And then the whole DeFi, you know, ecosystem opens up. So normally people, they just stake their token and and that's DeFi. Or they liquid stake their token. And then, you know, that's even more DeFi-ish. And then they're done. But this is where just the fun start begins. So just to I'll give you a little taste of, of one of the um, more cooler things that we've built. So we have this Whitefield protocol, and that's live on um, you know countless chains by now. And it contains a DEX and flash loans. On all of these chains, there's liquidity pools. People can trade. Um, bots can take loans. And every time something happens there, there's a fee. And as you know, you know every DEX takes 0.3% fees. You know ours is no different. But a small per- percentage of the fee um, is used to buy back whale. And here where it gets crazy, you know, I'm talking about crazy DeFi. So you liquid stake your whale. Then you can stake it again to a DEX or to the satellite market on any chain. So you have whale, you liquid stake it. Then you move it to Juno, to Chihuahua, to Injective, to Terra to um, you know, a lot of other chains that, that we've been um, building on, you stake it again, and the buybacks from that respective chain get, on, you know, get added on top of your normal yield. And you know, th- that's a very dynamic um, APR, because you know, unlike inflation, which is very predictable, at least when it comes from blockchain, this ty- these, these buybacks that are hard to predict because it's volume-based. So if lots of people trade, there's lots of volume, so many buybacks. And those get distributed. So, you know, I, I think on Chihuahua, when Chihuahua had this crazy surge, we saw like for a week or something APRs in the four digits because the, the market was buying back so much whale and distributing it to the people there. And um, obviously, you know, it's dynamic. So when volume dies down, APR goes, you know, slows a little bit again. Now, that's, that's one of the more interesting things um, you can do. Then we have... Um, built by Eris Protocol, also really cool. Um, one of my favorite apps, ARP Vaults, which is basically you put in your naked whale, and 
the vault uses the naked whale to stabilize the liquid staking token prices. So you don't have these DPACs like the Q Osmo or the staked Osmo had on, on Osmosis with Stride. So that, that's stabilizing the liquid staking economy at the same time. It is, you know, making you bank. So that, that's a pretty neat thing. And now, to, because you specifically asked about the, the stable coin. So um, that's from, a, um, from the team called Ginku. They've built a lending and borrowing market called, yeah, well, Ginku. And th that's live on Migalu. And it works like there's depositors who can put in native USDC. And then there's borrowers who can put up collateral, for example, Whale um, or Luna. And then you can you know, borrow against your collateral. You pay interest. And that's where the yield comes from. And there's quite a high demand um, to, to borrow against these assets, to borrow your native USDC. So that's currently paying out again. You know, it's you know actual yield, not inflation. No incentives on this. It's paying out. I think something between thirty and fifty percent, uh, depending on on the market. Um, but yeah, that should give you an, an overview uh, of some, at least, like scratch the surface of things you, you can explore. Uh, that that was a great overview. And again, for people that are listening, I'm taking notes. I'll publish this either on Twitter or Medium. For each project that's come that has come on today, and they're basically giving us insights on how the protocol works, what makes it valuable, and in this case, just gave three examples of three ways to get actual real yield, not inflationary yield from from interacting with the protocols. And one one reason why I got interested in in Megaloo in the first place and White Whale is because they're actually a true interchain app, right? They're not only do they have their apps on multiple chains, they're actually working together rather than just trying to steal liquidity from other chains, which is what I think is the plan for a lot of these apps when they launch on a single chain. They say, oh, I'm going to launch a DEX and I'm going to give more incentives than Osmosis and I'm going to take their LPs. And I, I don't think that's really cross-chain or interoperable. That's not really leveraging the tech. You guys think do that better than most. Well, thank you very much. And um, you mentioned something very interesting, which is liquidity, which is, um, you know, if I may touch on this, so TVL or liquidity, it's really, it's a misunderstood concept. So, you know, high TVL for a liquid staking protocol is something vastly different as high TVL for a DEX. And then if you compare what kind of liquidity is, so not all liquidities is created equal. If you pair everything against your own token and pump it, pump the pool full with, you know, inflationary incentives, you know, you'll have crazy, you know, if the market's right, you'll have, you, you could have billions in TVL, but that's short-lived TVL because sooner or later inflation will catch up and um, your TVL will go where, you know, will go down a lot. And we, we've seen this, you know, on so many places, on so many different chains, not just in Cosmos, really everywhere. So liquidity is not liquidity. You know, if you, if you have a, you know, a million in a whale or no, in, in a Bitcoin USDC pool, that's probably worth 10x more than, you know, your own DEX token against another meme coin or something. 
So not all, I'm not glad, all TBS created equal. I'm very glad you said that, by the way. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, so not all TBS created equal, and also not, you know, not all protocols can be really measured side by side. Again, you know, attracting liquidity in a DEX significantly harder than um, in a in a liquid staking protocol. But still, it, it's useful metrics. Um, but yeah, like liquidity is really a hard question. So since since Whitewell is working on a lot of different fronts together with, you know, multiple liquid staking providers, you know, advising them as you know the, the core team of the chain, but also you know building with these teams like in the trenches, um, with the Whitewell protocol on these different chains, um, there's a lots of thoughts, and we have to put in like how to attract liquidity and how to make it sustainable. So that liquidity is sticky, that it's good liquidity that will um, stay and benefit the whole ecosystem and not mercenary capital or mercenary liquidity. So we've been trying to, you know, from the get-go, to go for what I call sustainable liquidity models so that you build your tokenomics, your app, the, the way you do business, basically, around how can I attract a meaningful amount of liquidity for a long time without overspending. So make it sustainable. And we found out that one of the best ways is um, one, to integrate the liquidity into the um, protocol itself. So for example, the, the Backbone Labs team, the team that you know, fuses art with NFTs and, and with DeFi, with liquid staking, they, a part of the liquid staking protocol rewards, they go as incentives to the liquidity pool. So the liquidity, so once the system gets going, liquidity is never a question anymore because as long as the system runs, it reinforces the liquidity, which in turn, you know, makes the liquid staking token more interesting. And uh, the Whitewell team has done a lot of OTC deals in the past, um, one to align interests um, with ecosystem partners, but also to solve this question. Um, one of the great examples um, I can give here is the Raccoon team. So it's a small team. Um, and small teams, they really, really, really suffer from a liquidity crisis because they, they have a project, they build cool stuff, but who, who's going to give them money? Who's going to seed the pool? Because if you have a 10K pool, nobody's going to buy it in any meaningful size. You know, the big dogs, they have market makers. You know, they, they call their market maker and they say, hey, we, we need a million here or a million there. And they, they make their magic happen. But smaller teams, you know, organic teams, they don't have this. So they're, they're faced with, all right, how do, how do I get liquidity? And in the past, they usually put their, got their tokens and they then just dumped them as incentives. And incentives is always overpaying. So we've been doing OTC deals with, with Raccoon. And since then, they have not spent a single dime in incentives. On their token, which is good for every token holder that holds rack, and at the same time they have more liquidity than they ever had. So, win-win, and the liquidity is not going anywhere. You know, sustainable and sticky. Got it. And again, I'm I'm taking notes here. This is this is good stuff, man. Um, what about the issue of fractured liquidity? You guys have dexes on lots of different chains. Why not just put all the liquidity on Migaloo and? make people come there, do their swaps, and presumably it would be a better user experience than having all the, the pools 
smaller and spread out? What do you think? Uh, th that's a very good question. It's, it's, uh, I try to get the answer down to the most important points. Um, so first of all, um, there's risk. You know, let's say every token is paired against Osmo and it's traded on Osmo. And by the way, you know, Osmo is great. We're, we're just in, in phase of, you know, re-engaging um, the Osmosis community with a second proposal because I think there's great opportunity for both. But just imagine for, for the sake of it, there was just Osmo. And then they do their epoch and Osmo goes down for 10 minutes. The decentralized economy stands still for the next 10 minutes or however long the top five validators decide to run their epoch. Or, God forbid, there is another exploit on Osmosis and the chain halts for a day or two or three and it stands still. So there's risk on a lot of different levels. There's on the protocol level lift risk, there's on the blockchain level, there's risk. There's risk everywhere. And if you spread it, um, the system becomes more decentralized and more resilient. So if we want to build on a decentralized infrastructure, but put all the value just on a centralized point, we might as well just you know, stop doing crypto because that's, that's really not the point. It needs to be decentralized on the whole. Like the value itself needs to be decentralized as well. And another reason is that A, or another reason is that sometimes apps need liquidity on the chain they have their app on. So let's say you have a game. You know, my favorite example, again, Raccoon Team. They have games, and they allow the user to play in any token on the White Whale Dex that is on the respective chain. So instead of, you know, forcing their users to buy the Rack token to play with it, they just go ahead and say, all right, play with whatever. We just convert it in the background. You just, just select what you want to play with. We'll handle everything else. So imagine you do this via IBC. You know, you're excited, you're having a good time, you pop the beer, you're playing some games, and then your IBC transaction gets stuck. And you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and minutes go by, and you suddenly lost the fun. So sometimes when you need speed, when you need reliability, you want to have whatever functionality you need on the chain that you're building on. And um, that, that's why um, you, you need it. Um, then another good reason is because if, if you build on the chain itself, like we built on Terra, like on Juno, we align ourselves with the ecosystem. So, for example, Osmosis, it's pretty much, and again, you know, uh, uh, Osmosis is a great place, but it's taking TVL on its own chain. And, you know, there's good reason to list your token there. But again, the TVL is not on your chain. People do not pay in your currency. People do not need to hold your token to pay for the fees. So, um, but if you deploy it on their chain, why would they give the liquidity away? Why not have people trade on your chain? Why not have people trade NFTs on your chain? If the experience is, you know, even better because it's, you know, in, in one ecosystem on one chain. So. There are really a plethora of reasons why this cross-chain, um, especially with the DEX, makes a lot of sense. And, and you talked about fractional liquidity. Um, that's 
th that's one of the problems we're also trying to solve. It's it's admittedly a major problem. So this is not going to be solved any time, like real solved, like you know, one plus one is two solved anytime soon because it's a highly highly complex problem. But the idea is that while liquidity sits on a lot of different chains, so it's decentralized, so it decentralizes the risk, and apps that need to use it can use it, you know, quickly. It um, you know, creating this unified liquidity would allow the end user who does not care about the execution time to always fetch the best price. So if you're playing a game and it needs to be quick, the user doesn't, you know, doesn't care if you know he could get a 0.1 you know, percentage point better trade somewhere else. But if the user is trying to swap a couple of millions, and then it doesn't matter if the swap takes five seconds or 50 seconds, if he can get another percentage point out of it. So this is going to be this, you know, in the future, users, you know, retail users, institutions will go via aggregators that not only route for the best trade, but even split you up your swap, your swaps about, you know, around different chains and routes and indexes. And the apps that need liquidity on chain will use it. All right. I think, I think that was a, that was a good explanation, right? So. Fractured liquidity is a problem, not only within Cosmos, but look, you have liquidity on ETH, you have liquidity on Solana, and then liquidity on the various chains here. It's not a problem that's... No, it's not, it, it's not, not just a, a, um, a, a crypto problem. It's a fundamental problem of the world we live in. Try sending your friends in Tanzania some Tanzanian dollars and convert it back to um, Chinese yuan. You know, good luck with that. That's fractured liquidity. Yeah, okay. I mean, that, that, that puts it in an even, even more understandable context. Um, all right. So I made you go backwards a little bit, probably more than you would like, because you do have a lot of recent developments. And I don't, I don't want to rush you. Obviously, Migalu is, is becoming a major player in Cosmos. People want to hear. And more people have entered the space since you started talking. So I'll let you just go through whatever you want the audience to know. Um, I'll maybe interrupt you just to clarify something, but I think this is a good time for you to um, just lay it out there. What's, what's White Whale doing? Why should people start paying even more attention to Migaloo? Partnerships, anything you want to talk about? Well, well where, where, where should we start? So this is a big one. Um, I don't know. Maybe start like, like January 2024. What's the top two most exciting things that Meagle is offering that other chains are, are just not. Well, um, for one, um, it has a very, uh, probably the most advanced DeFi and NFT ecosystem. Uh, I, I think at the current point, I, I'm comfortable in saying this. It's by far not the biggest, um, no doubt in that, but it's one of the most complex. It's, it's like an NFT, like if you're an N like a DDM, you know, maybe NFTs or DeFi and you like to, Lend here, leverage there, um, lock there, and then liquid stake again, and earn triple digits in you know actual buyback yield um, of the protocol of the various protocols you use. Then I, I don't think there's any other ecosystem in the cosmos, to to my knowledge, that comes close in the complexity and the variety of things you can do. So it's really a 
a, a playground um, to go really, really crazy. And people love it. You know, I, I just posted, I think a couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago, a 10 stage um, DeFi strategy guide involving two blockchains, I think six protocols, farming five airdrops and earning four tokens with double digit yield. So you can go really crazy and have a lot of fun there and um you know not financial advice of course but um the yields are you know across the board just insane uh really that that's all i can say like you know thousands thousand percent of apr of buybacks just on chihuahua over the last weeks so that, that's that's amazing H highest um stable coin yield in native usdc in, in the ginkgo protocol so so all in all there's just so many different things you, you can do and, you know, with the individual protocols and apps. And, it, you know, the nice thing is, you know, they are composable. So you can start chaining them and, you know, building your own strategies around them that fit your, you know, profile and, and needs. So it's really a, yeah, a, a DeFi and NFT playground. And for, for the most exciting things, um, so I'm, I'm very excited about working together with more chains so not only building the apps that we have on different chains but also working together more closely with the communities on other chains i think there's a very close very very close relationship between migaloo and terra already um I, I think osmosis we're gonna you know together with sunny we worked out some really really next level you know experiments that we're gonna, or at least propose to the Osmo community. That's gonna be pretty exciting. And if it all goes well, we'll be, um, you know, deploying close to a dozen different apps and four airdrops to Osmo stakers and, you know, the Osmo chain. That's very exciting. And the same thing goes also for Juno. I, I think after almost one and a half years of trying to get a foothold on Juno, it's finally starting to to happen finally thanks to the amazing work of you joe and um tank and others we're finally starting to see some um some traction on juno so that's oh, yeah. something don't, don't even don't even get me don't even get me started i think they missed they missed multiple opportunities to shore up their DeFi situation over there and i think like i said earlier i think dow dow needs reliable decks otherwise dow dow is not very useful because all these DAOs need a place to trade their tokens so it's good that you haven't given up there and that I think it's a good move to kind of either further compromise or, or further, you know, communicate with Osmo community. I think it's, um, I think it's smart on, on the white whale part. I, I think I, I gave up a, a, a comment or a tweet uh, a couple of days ago about the Juno situation. And I think you commented that um, Juno is the only chain that, if you would revert um, every dis governance decision they made, they'd be in a better place today than they are now. <laughs> that yeah, made me chuckle. I, I stand <laughs> by that. I, I, I stand by that parabolic comment. Juno governed itself to death, you know, it, 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 or it's about to govern itself to death. If it makes a couple more wrong decisions, I don't know what's going to happen because when Juno launched, it was kind of the only chain like itself. Now there's Miku, there's Archway, there's Neutron, 
they have they don't have that luxury of being the the go to place. I think that they could be easily outcompeted, even though they're making partners with their quote unquote competitors, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So so that comment made me made me chuckle. It was it was a good one. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, but yeah. So so um, back to your question. Um, these these partnerships with um, different chains and deepening the relationship with the communities and the ecosystems on these chains is, is certainly one of the most um, most exciting things. Um, I'm looking forward to another thing that I'm very much looking forward to is the Whitewell v2 application, uh, which pretty much revamps the satellite market, makes makes it you know hotter, better, tighter, so to speak, um, which we're going to deploy sometime um, you know early mid next year, and then really it, it's you know. I could go on about things I'm excited for, you know, for, for hours because it's not only things at Whitewell that I'm so excited about because the ecosystem is so strong and so aligned that it's really, you know, if you look at the whale token and you say, oh, what's white whale doing there? No, the, the whale token is not white whale, not at all. The, the whale token is not white whale. We've, you know, the, the white whale team, sure, they, they built the white whale um, protocol and there's obviously, you know, a, a naming conflict. Um, or not a conflict, but there, there's the naming overlap, and it's the founding team of the Migalu chain. But you know, day by day, you know, whale is less white whale, and more backbone labs, more Eris protocol, more raccoon, more ginkgo, more um, the the great validators that really contribute to the chain, more you know the amazing DAOs that we just you know that are starting to pop up in in, in days. That made you know. Did you see this guppy airdrop the Ash DAO made? You know, Migalu is a 15 million market cap chain, and they, you know, the DAO, which you know, you know, rose from the ashes, so to speak, you know, came from you know, from the underwoods. They they lurked, and they just out of the nowhere dropped. I I think two or three thousand dollars to every, you know, every person in the ecosystem that just. Completed a couple, like if you completed all of the missions, you, you got like a couple of grand, like two or three. And even if you just hold or held 25 whale in your wallet, which is like one dollar, I, I think you got an airdrop of two or three hundred dollars. So, yeah, uh, it's it's really whale is less less white whale by the day and more this this amazing ecosystem and builders that are really closely aligned and working together. And I'm um, I'm really excited about you know, you know there, there's so much interesting going on in each and every of those teams, so I can only tell you or you know recommend everybody to to explore the ecosystem. It's it's not just white whale. It's it's a lot of people, lots of teams. So I just wanted I want to touch back on that satellite market is getting an overhaul. That's the UI UX standpoint, right? Like we we mentioned. Maybe yeah, like you are X, but also the the contracts as well. Oh, okay. So underneath is going to be better. Let's say a new person, they they want to get involved in Megaloo, They'll have a little bit of a softer landing with with like some type of dashboard versus kind of needing yeah. to be a power user, right? Yeah. And another thing that we're building specifically catered to non power users is where we're working on a what we call like the super app which subsumes 
like it has an app store like you know the apple app store and you you can interact with the di different apps on Megaloo in app so if you want a liquid stake via backbone labs you don't have to switch website you just you know go to the app store click on grave digger from backbone labs click on it liquid stake there you want to go for a different liquid staking provider you can do it all in app it's like one one unified experience for the whole ecosystem buy with cardo um, stake, trade, manage your portfolio, explore yield opportunities, you know, get your latest notifications. And um, if, if you want to use apps, you use them in on the same website, basically. So that's that's something as well that we're cooking. That's up. great. It's a large undertaking. You know, that, I mean, that's great, man. Pe people need that because, especially those that are not Cosmos native users, they don't understand cross-chain, chain IBC. They're used to just all of their apps being on one chain. They probably don't even think about the movement of tokens. But as Cosmos users, we kind of have to. Um, all right. Well, I got one last question for you. And then it sounds like we'll have to catch up again in a month or two. But that's cool. I'm ready to bring back pieces on the regular. Uh, last question. There's lots of good projects in Cosmos. You are making partners with so many. Is there one that you would like to touch base with that maybe you haven't yet that you think you ha would have a nice mutual partnership for 2024 for any reason? Mm, I, I, as, I, as I mentioned, I think there are a couple of chains that I, I'm already in or we're already in contact with that we just want to deepen the relationship with, like Osmo, like Juno, like Terra or Injective or Chihuahua. You know there there is already a relationship, a working relationship, and we just want to deepen it. You know, over the next year and, and create more mutually beneficial situations. Um, but for teams that there hasn't been much overlap yet, I, I think this Archway and Neutron. There, there's still at least from from the the perspective of you know this ecosystem that you know the Megalosphere. Um, that those like Neutron and Archway haven't really poked, they haven't really touched yet a lot. And I think both are great ecosystems. And um, I'm very confident that over the course of the next year, there will be more overlap. I had, you know, already, you know, here and there, people ask me, when do you guys deploy on Neutron? When Archway? Have you guys spoke to the, this project on Archway? And I think, you know, over time, um, Sooner or later, someone will make the first step there. Probably us, but that's fine. Well, it sounds like my next space is going to have to be the permissionless Cosmosm panel, and we'll have all those that you just named just kind of going back and forth would be really cool. But And I appreciate you. I appreciate you always accommodating my time zone. So we'll definitely have to catch up soon. And once that, that satellite market overhauls, please definitely let me know, and I'll get over there and do... I'll do a video for that for that beginner. We have lots of beginners coming into the ecosystem. And like I was saying earlier, it's time for content to be stepped up. I think that these new people need some direction. Uh, people are still watching my old videos about how to take Atom off a centralized exchange. So if that's not an indication that we have new people coming from ETH or Solano or wherever, I don't know what is. So anyway, thanks, man. And I'm gonna give the uh I'm gonna give Carter his time that I promised, and then of course we'll get to Kuji and round this out hopefully in the next like hour yeah. or so but this has been great so far
Perfect. Thank you, guys. Um, thanks, Joe, for the invitation. And again, sorry for being late. And um, Tank, I'm still waiting for the Juno collection, so don't keep me waiting. I'm working, brother. I'm working. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what happened, by the way. Like, I don't know if the space dropped or I rugged or whatever. I apologize. All right, guys. Have a great holiday season and enjoy the time off. And see you guys around. You too, man. Nice job. They got a lot done, man. They, they, I remember when I first talked to him, it was like it was almost amazing to hear like wow this is like a real cross chain protocol this isn't like i'm launching in cosmos to siphon liquidity off another app that's similar so i'll definitely catch up with them and tank man thanks for sticking they're actually out living it out they're living it out it's it's really it's yeah. really fun to watch them do that and like he was saying um you know it's it's not it's no longer white well it it it, it really does like it, it seems like it's more and more raccoon it's more and more uh, you know, backbone. It's more and more like as it grows, as it evolves, it's much more. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love those guys, man. Carter, what's up, man? Nothing much. Nothing much. This is an awesome little Twitter space so far. Carter, what do you think of the thing of this um of this space for shade? Say that one more time. So what do you think about the timing hosting this um this Twitter oh. space and having you on? <laughs> well it's been it's been a crazy couple days. Um Crypto makes no sense sometimes. Like we we are still in the process of regaining access to our our Twitter account, and the team is on holiday, and the market's like, oh, let's just like two x shades price for like no specific reason. You know, it's just classic crypto. So trying to trying to you, well, know, you guys got sim swap. Uh yes, you yes, guys we, got sim swap. We did. I was like a couple weeks ago. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately. Dude, that is that is so bullish for the token. It seems. I I mean, I hope that the ICF's Twitter gets gets um, some. I hope that look look what happened to Jackal. Jackal's like up two x. I was just gonna say. Every, <laughs> I hope I'm every gonna, team gets sim swapped. <laughs> it's the inevitable price movement from sim swapping. Yeah, it's very very funny trend. Maybe maybe we need um maybe we need a um an index token for all the projects that have gotten sim swapped and i bet you outperform just like straight buy and stake adam and, and then we tokenize this specific portfolio it's the swim swap token i think that I, that's i think it would do better than ist anyway um i'll let you just kind of riff on whatever you've got going on Me, you and i have talked a bunch and have a couple videos on my youtube we've done a couple spaces together I mean, anything you want people to know about Shade, I think this is a good time. And uh, obviously the token is is pleasing lots of people. So yeah, feel free to take the floor. Yeah, well, first off, like, hello to anyone listening to this recording or on this Twitter space if you've never heard of Shade Protocol before. Uh, we are a set of smart contracts built on top of Secret Network. And our mission is very, very simple. Although, honestly, it took it took two years to maybe get to this simplified mission statement uh but we believe that it's all about your data your money and your decisions that's what that's what crypto is all about at the end of the day uh and specifically the privacy side of things is is so unbelievably important to you know protect individual sovereignty for users uh, in terms of censorship resistance in terms of um security risks and in, in terms of financial freedom where you can do what you want um, with your money and you're not getting sniped by minor extractable value or all these programmatic actors on Ethereum and on these transparent blockchains. And so 
you know, three years ago, we, we, you know, we, we examined the space and saw that this totally transparent DeFi world has some really big negative externalities and total transparency. It has its benefits, um, but it also creates an asymmetry because, you know, Bob, who might be like a power DeFi user, he's still not on the command line. He's he's still not using programmatic scripts. And so Bob on Uniswap is going to get wrecked a lot of the times because it's it's not it's not a it's not a fair fight. And so that's what we really like about privacy for smart contracts and for DeFi is privacy doesn't care if you have one dollar or if you have a billion dollars, right? It's it's gonna apply the same equitable protections to both users. And so we set out on this mission to launch an unstoppable private decentralized stablecoin uh, called Silk. And then we've built up this entire other kind of product ecosystem from, from scratch. We kind of had to build this economy around this private DeFi stablecoin, uh, private stablecoin. And so we've launched um, ShadeSwap, which is a decentralized exchange. That's 100% front running resistant. Um, we have Silk the stablecoin, Shade Lend. Uh, we have the largest secret network uh, staking derivative, uh, which accounts for, I think, five, roughly five to six percent of all stake secret on secret network is through that staking derivative. Um, and what, what I'm super excited about in 2024, because, you know, it's been it's been two years of kind of gilding, getting these building blocks in the right place is we, we have um, some real world adoption finally on the way with Finna cards. Uh, if you haven't checked out Finna, Dot finance be sure to check out that team uh they're launching debit cards that are actually going to be we're going to have in app the ability for people to load up their cards with silk so now we're bridging this world of private DeFi and yield generation back to being able to kind of seamlessly use a debit card in the real world over in europe to be able to buy things and i think this is like a missing piece of the puzzle with stable coins um if your stable coins only just kind of like a DeFi playground you're missing out on like the largest like one of the largest verticals for stable coins which is which is payments um so our, our one of our big goals in 2024 is pushing these spin cards out getting silk to actually be used for daily transactions um and we also have this uh private DeFi money market that's going to be going on testnet in the next week or so um where people are going to be able to privately lend and borrow their crypto and convert that yield to silk to a debit card um and yeah, we're just we're we're just pumped. Like it's every day. The goal on the team is: can we get one percent better? Um, that being said, we we actually had a tough day today. We had we had the Andromeda um, launch uh, today, and we had it in we had a thousand. Well, it peaked at fifteen hundred requests slash queries per second on the app. So somewhere between ten to fifteen thousand users and typical daily users is probably more around the 1k mark so we essentially saw a 15x in traffic um it nuked a bunch of the nodes uh we hopped on a call with lavender five consensus one the secret labs team the secret express team and essentially we're troubleshooting like this just like the insane amount of traffic and so we're still working through the kinks of infrastructure it was like a very you know we've had all this amazing momentum the last four or five days and you know, our, our infrastructure failed to meet our standard for customer experience. So it's been a really shitty app experience the last five hours. And, and we take that personally. Um, but once we once we can get over that hump um, tied to infrastructure, there's just like so much new energy, fresh blood from just people getting excited about Shea Protocol and our mission. And, you know, the, the crazy part is 
uh, like we're, we really are just getting started in the sense that like we have this whole vision for a cohesive DeFi ecosystem and a cohesive UI UX experience. And we've put two years of work in, but it's really only scratching the surface. It's kind of nauseating how much work is still ahead of us. But if you have a 10 year vision, time is on your side, right? Like we, 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 we have a vision and we're going to patiently keep chipping away at it. And we're lucky enough that we have a community that um, is patient. Um, you know, investors aren't nearly as patient and that's, that's fine. Cause it's our job to, to please them. That's part of, that's part of like the, the builder side of things, but at least like community and the user base, we're just, we, we feel very blessed by the community that we have. So I'll pause there. Cool. You know, I, I've been playing around with Shade for quite some time, and I like that the entire suite of applications, you get to it from a single website. It has a menu on the left side, and it's just so nice for the for the user to do everything they want to do without having to go to different different websites. Are there any, are there any other changes that you feel you still have to make to accommodate maybe onboarding people that are completely new to Cosmos or Secret Network, or do you think you guys have it dialed in? You know, there's there's a couple of projects. Like one one thing is we just added in IBC hooks to the bridging experience. So before a user would bridge in Atom and they would have to essentially first successfully have the IBC bridge transaction work. And then the second pop-up would come up that's like, hey, wrap this token from the public version of it to the private version of it. So there was two clicks and sometimes the wrapping transaction would fail so then they'd be stuck with the public token on secret network they have to go to the wrap page find their balance wrap it to the private token so some like really not good bridge friction and with ibc hooks it's now much more atomic like you you either bridge in and you wrap successfully successfully or you don't bridge in at all so now bridging on ibc on that bridge page is a one-click experience which like two like a year and a half ago that was like not in the cards at all. So it's like multi-execute transactions plus IBC hooks equals a bridge experience that feels identical to these other kind of Cosmos bridge experiences. But we still have a long ways to go. The the API work just after today is like, okay, we at least have like six months of, you know, long-term architecture and work ahead of us to be able to to handle, you know, 15,000 plus users, which is, which is a good problem to have. Um, but you, you got to be able to perform on that front. And then I think on the, the viewing key side and the permit sides where we're working with secret labs and we'd like to simplify um, viewing keys into kind of like a master viewing key uh, system. Cause right now you can build, you know, you, you have your individual viewing keys to view any given private asset within the shade experience. Um, but then this is like problematic for a new user. Cause now they have to make, you know, five to 10 viewing keys. And if they switch devices and they have to import viewing keys and if they don't import their viewing keys, then it's kind of a crapshoot. So what we're trying to do is kind of head towards a later game infrastructure where you make one key that allows you to see like all the tokens, um, all the private tokens on the network on your single single viewing key. So you'd, you'd only have to essentially maybe do that click once instead of 10 times over the course of your experience with the app. Um, so I think that type of quality of life change will go a long ways. I also am scoping a grant right now for kind of like a device management thing. Um, because once again, the, these viewing keys and these permits that allow you to view your encrypted balances when you, when you switch between devices becomes complicated because that that viewing key is stored kind of locally on your device. So essentially trying to create like a smart contract that can intermediate those viewing keys and permits so you can seamlessly switch devices without having to import anything is another another goal of mine in 2020 
for. So yeah, two or three, th- two or three big infrastructure things required, I think, to get us to a much better experience. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the nature of having that layer of privacy, right? You guys have to deal with a little bit more to kind of tuck it away or at least streamline it for users. Because there, there will be people who use your app that really don't care about privacy. They just want to use Shade because it's, it works great. And also, you know, secret tokens, you can get on centralized exchanges. So it's one transaction off of Kraken to, and boom, you, you're, you're able to play around on Shade Protocol. That's how I get into Cosmos is, is through secret token from Kraken or Atom token from, from um, Coinbase. So cool that you guys are taking all this into consideration because the end user just should not have to be an expert and there won't be experts coming in in this new new wave of people for the market reversal, you know? For sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with the progress that's been made in the last two years, but it's also... There's, there's so much further further to go, and it really is deving on hard mode. <laughs> um, I've always said though that it's kind of it's kind of a blessing because the privacy primitives on Secret have forced us to think in a much more abstracted and zoomed out architecture compared to competitor products where everything's public. And so, kind of like the um, there's like there can be some laziness when everything's publicly visible with just like front-end frameworks and, and whatnot. So I actually think we have incredibly, like probably one of the more in, like robust front-ends in all of Cosmos. A- API is kind of a separate category of thing, but um, the the building blocks are there and give it another six months to a year, it's, it's gonna, we're gonna continue to just chip away until a user should only need maybe two to three extra clicks um, instead of 10 clicks to have privacy for their whole crypto experience. That that's the dream. That's the vision. And we'll, we'll, we'll get there, you know, one day at a time. Very cool. Yeah, and I know, um, I, I spoke with you guys. I'll have some videos next month when I get around to it to maybe at least demonstrate the wrapping, the bridging and all that, because that might be the only sticking point. Once you get that out of the way, it's just like using some you know a typical DeFi app but with the the added privacy so i appreciate the info man i really do for sure and of course it sounds like um i'm a little behind but either way you and i will probably catch up on a on a shade specific space soon like we did for silk a while back uh, i don't want i hate rushing people but i want to try to stick to my 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 1 p.m end time and i have kuji to sneak in here I uh, hope you don't mind. Or if you want to stick around or come back at the very end, feel free. Yeah, no, I'll, I'm happy to hop off here. The one, the one last thing I'll um, promote is that Silk is now at a dollar and ten cents. So the stablecoin has appreciated due to the euro doing well, gold doing well, and Bitcoin doing well. So, um, like, as a mental model, anyone that's holding a dollar stablecoin has actually lost and bled value due to inflation and so if you're holding a dollar stablecoin in cosmos i would highly encourage you to look up silk look at its model i think it's the best stablecoin um that's ever been created i'm i'm, I'm come, i think the term meta stable is is the term that i'm starting to float around in my head for it and uh one of the few white papers i actually read and can understand i recommend it to even people who hate reading white papers i think the only three white papers i ever read two of them are in this space right now the other one being nolis so if i can understand the white paper 
and I read it more than once and I understood it even more the second time, I think anybody can uh, anybody can do that because I'm not a good reader. Yeah, hey, appreciate it, Carter. Uh, I know Joe said he was going to be making videos. I know I'm, I've been really, really interested. Uh, before you leave, I just wanted to say this. I've been really, really interested for a long, long time. But it's kind of like you said before, like uh, the past year, I was more of an investor and I was just patiently waiting uh, for the moments. But you guys are making so much leaps uh, and strides when it comes to shade and, and silk and what you guys are doing. I, I, you, you, you telling me that you're actually trying to use stable tokens outside of crypto? What? Like, they, are you are you kidding me? Like, this seems like so, such a no brainer. But you guys are actually trying to accomplish this, actually trying to get those these cards into people's hands. And now I'm super super intrigued, and I think um, a lot of other people are as well. Like, I think it's perfect timing. I know I'm going to be making a lot more videos about what you guys are doing, so I can't wait, man. Can't wait. Yeah, I look forward and, to it. And we talked about this. So much to explore. I was going to say, we talked about this in the first hour because entry point said their biggest frustration was they couldn't spend USDC. Well, you could spend silk, it sounds like. And, um, you know, and it, it, it's, it's a, a stable coin that appreciates against stable coins. So there's that. You guys are getting me hyped just listening to you talk about it. I love, I love to hear it, guys. I love to hear it. Well, I'll give you guys the space. I can't wait to listen in on Kajira and their portion. Appreciate you guys hosting this DeFi uh, mega space. And for anyone listening, be, be sure to go check out um, shapeprotocol.io um, and app.shapeprotocol.io once it's hopefully <laughs> a little more stable an hour or two from now. Um, shout out to all the 15,000 users flooding the site today. Good good times, good times. And hope you guys have a wonderful day. All right. That was awesome. I'm glad we were able to squeeze in Carter. Um, Dove is not coming, but we got KP here who I've had on Spaces before. This is going to be great. Um, welcome, welcome. Good morning. How are you, Joe? How are you, Ty? Did I lose everybody again? Damn it. Did I lose Joe? Can you hear him? Fuck. I just got rugged and came back. What's going on? Okay, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, but it looks like KP got booted. I'm going to bring him up. Okay. Okay. I was like, you know when your mom, like when you're a kid, she's like, if something happens, just stay put. I was like, oh, I think something's happening. I'm just going to stay put. I'm not going to react really quickly. I, I brought him up. <laughs> I'll bring him up as a co-host and see if that was the issue. Uh, I think I think he he might be on like a weird delay, but we'll we'll see if it works. Any better now, KP? He might be rugging. It's pretty wild that Shade had fifteen thousand people trying to do a swap at the same time. Under fifteen, say, uh, it's a good it's good problems to have, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if fifteen thousand people have you know, are, are staking Adam right now. Like it's it's, it's that's a lot of people, man, for a non ETH non Solana blockchain. Crazy. Yeah. What uh. <laughs> Why you gotta paint a picture like that? But in all honesty, though, like where where do you see uh, Adam? Where do you, where do you see Cosmos? It's like you know, you, you just said ETH, you you just said Solana, where all the activity is. Like, do you see it as like, is it even in fourth, fifth place, or is it all like on a separate hand? Is it in like sixth, seventh place? Like, uh, I would say fifth. To be honest, because Cosmos is it? There's like there's there's Ethereum, there's Solana, obviously, the top two crazy like transactions and activity. I mean, what, what's the next one? I'm just—I don't even know. I'm just going to speculate. Maybe I think uh, that you, you're, actually, you're bringing up you're bringing up something that will kind of lead us into Kajira a little bit because what I yeah. what I think about Cosmos is is best tech, most advanced bridging, um, but they never monetized it. Whether it be because of this open source maximalism, this like, 
there's no such thing as intellectual property thinking and centralized exchanges are terrible. Like that thinking in Cosmos is not good for the token, especially in bear markets. And then you have Kajira who's like, no, I'm not going to show you my code so you could build a competing product. Like get out of my, get out of my face. And now look. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I love it. Just why I can banter with you, Joe, you just went straight into what I was trying to put out there. Uh, absolutely love it. So yeah. yeah. Uh, KP, are you back, man? Can you- yes, yeah, yeah, I'm back this time. I don't know what happened. Perfect. Just, just been waiting. Oh, no. Nice. Instantly. And- That's okay. That happens on my space. It's usually to me, but I'm glad it's happening to everyone else instead of me this time. Well, something actually that you just mentioned um, in terms of being able to monetize the network and monetize as a as a blockchain, I think that's maybe one of the first things that, that really made me that made Kujira click to me was that it's not you know we we have a we have a lending market we have uh, a yield farming platform or a decentralized market maker we've got a dex but it's not five or six separate tokens it's only one token central to this entire ecosystem so any revenue that you're getting from orca liquidations any revenue from uh you know just just general just general activity in the ecosystem is always funneled to Kujira stakers. And I feel like there's now also on top of that just this uh maybe culture or or uh or, or ethic that we reward Kujira stakers in, in almost everything that we do. So you'll see protocols that will have their own token as well. But instead of all of them the revenue being being generated and funneled to their token themselves, it's also to the Kuji token as well. So I think that will go a long way in the future for Kujira as well. I mean, as you've seen, the number of uh, uh, projects building on Kujira and you know our, our transactions, our volume on Fin, all of these things are trending up, which therefore also relates to, to just revenue coming through the system as well, and therefore value to Kujira stakers. So I think, I, to me personally, that was the first sort of eureka moment where it was like, okay, you know, this is a, a sustainable business that is generating genuine revenue. And whilst it might not now be, be so much relative to the market cap, with things like perps coming in and all of these new DeFi building blocks being built out, you know, this, this guardrails that's going to set the foundations for the rest of these teams to, to build on top of, I strongly believe that our revenue next year is going to be orders of magnitude higher. Well, I would consider you to be somewhat of a Kuji bull. Somewhat. <laughs> based on, you based on your so. tweets, we're at the bottom of the bear market, and then I see KP's tweets. He's like, why is everyone not as confident as me? Why is everyone fading Kuji? And I'm like, wow, he's a little bullish, huh? Well, I, and, and I stick to it now. I, I still think people aren't bullish enough, and people aren't thinking about the the potential look this is this is how i feel about it and, and it's very easy to get ahead of yourself and and of course during the the ptsd of everything that we've experienced in the over in the last bear market it's nice to sort of rein yourself in and not get too excited about what could happen but when you think about it just objectively every single one of these metrics is is not just rising but rising exponentially you know we've got f- five million us came into today Oh, well, sorry, not, not just today, but uh, uh, in overall. And as soon as we hit the 10, 15, 20 million mark, that's an important milestone to hit because that 
stablecoin becomes central to your ecosystem and allows you to build more things on top of it. And it's, it's an appealing USP to protocols that want to come and launch here or, or at least use the stablecoin outside of it. But that's just one aspect. And you then go to Ghost and you've now got Unstake that's going to be driving more, more borrow sides uh, to, towards Ghost. And you know if you have more borrowing, then the lending APR goes up and then you bring in more capital from outside. Everywhere you look in Kujira, everywhere, there is the so-called flywheel. And that to me was, was so obvious a year and a half ago and it's still obvious to this day. Nothing has changed. There's just more money sort of being recycled around in the ecosystem and more being brought in from various sort of initiatives that we've got going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the job's not done. And I, and I genuinely believe that. And I still, from the bottom of my heart, feel that we're, we're just getting started. All right. No, I mean, th th this is a good place to start because flywheel was like a buzzword for some projects. Flywheel this, flywheel that, real yield, blah, 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 blah. Kujira has achieved it. The apps do work synergistically. You mentioned the stablecoin, and there are other stablecoins you can use on Kajira, but maybe can you go a little deeper into, you know, we heard we just heard Carter say the apps are built around Silk. Can you maybe go a little deeper about USK and its precise, maybe some examples of how it holds a specific place in the, in the ecosystem? Sure. So, so sort of every product that has been built so far by the core team i imagine has been built with the core belief that it has to be composable so with usk in order to actually mint usk you you, you built a debt sorry a debt position that has to be liquidated if it goes under a certain amount and that liquidation happens on orca itself you know an in-house protocol doesn't have a new token any liquidations you get a percentage of that that goes to gujira stakers so all of that revenue from from Orca is again going to, to participants of the ecosystem. So that's just one way that USK is, is you know, integral, or, or sorry, like other uh, protocols on Kujira are integral to, to keeping USK uh, stable and secure. The other one, of course, being Bo as well. So we've got the stable swap LP now, which is just a, a, a thing of beauty, really. I mean, you saw the peg before, it would often sort of wildly swing between 1.05 and, and something like 0.99. There was a lot of demand for USK because it is just used everywhere. You know, it's used in, in trading pairs for, from Bo to, to incentivize liquidity. It's used on Orca for bids there. The, the demand was always, always out, uh, sorry, exceeding the supply. So now that we're getting to sort of, like I said, 5 mil, 10 mil marks, the supply is creeping up and we can start to do more things with it. But that stable swap LP is what's made it a really attractive thing, right? Because it's now, for the most part, it's literally dead on a dollar and you can redeem it for, for all of these other tokens, all of these other stable coins for a dollar. Um, and when you're doing your trades, you don't need to think about, okay, well, if I need to buy some USK, I'm paying a 2% premium or anything like that, right? So that's another one. Uh, I guess the, the, the last one that, that I'd say, well, perps would be another one as well, but again, that's not out yet, so it's not enough details about it. But Ghost is a, is a huge one. I've put out a few tweets recently and, and some people have been taking it quite a funny way. So it might be nice to explain that here. But we offer, I don't know if it's currently because obviously it's this variable, but we're offering between sort of 15 and 20% APR on a stable coin, which I think a lot of people just instantly go, oh shit, you know, I've, I've heard that before. But the reason why this is different and the reason why 
again, Kujira is such a powerhouse and, and uh, you know, thinks things through rather than just thinking of the easy option, right? Is that all of that yield from lenders comes from borrowers. There's no inflationary incentives, which is something that we've been, you know, screaming about for nearly two years now, a year and a half. No inflationary incentives, no sort of uh, Ponzi-nomics involved, right? It's literally just borrowers pay, lenders receive, and, and that's the yield that you get. So yeah, I guess just to wrap that up then, USK, you can, you can lend it, you can obviously borrow it on our, on our money market. You can deposit liquidity on a stable swap. So earn, uh, at some point it was almost 50% APR, but I think it's down to sort of 20 or 30% now on stablecoin LPs. You can bid on Orca liquidations using USK. Um, and obviously those liquidations are the thing that sort of keeps it robust anyway. Uh, I, I think that's everything. I, I might have missed something, but I, I guess those three are the, are the main ones that come to mind. No, I think, I think this is a good, a good setup here. Um, Tank, what, do you, what apps do you often use on Kajira? Uh, sorry, you're breaking up just a little bit. What apps do I often use on Compilot? Is one yeah. of them. Bao, Bao is one of them, or Bao, however you want to call them, uh, is one of them. And I've, I, I regularly use Finn uh, and obviously manage my. I use them all. That's kind of a loaded question. I use them all, dude. <laughs> Very active. <laughs> Got it. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm mostly using the order book decks. I always preferred order book decks to AMMs. So I, I was using that really for a while. And I, I got my limit orders set there for some uh, some people that want to dump tokens because of a little sideways action. I got, I got my limit orders for the, uh, I would call them like the, the Kujira secondary assets, right? You got Uji, USK. To me, th th those are the assets, the primary assets on the chain. And then we got Nutsack and the other ones. I, don't, I, I, I can't stop calling it Nutsack, but I mean, I think it's, maybe that'll help in the bull run. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and you know, honestly, like I think one of the gems, uh, and I, I, I really can't wait. And I know KP could probably uh, is going to agree, but like Pilot is is a like it's great. Pilot is great for any team trying to do like I don't I, I don't want to say crowdsourcing or like fundraising. I guess is the the, the term um, in a different way. Uh, there's one right now uh, going live. I forget what was the KP. What's the what's the acronym or what's um, it's, it's Aqualibre. That's what Aqualibre is. Yeah. Um, A-Q-L-A. Yeah, I just, I put a, you know, hey, what is there? I put a couple, just look at the track record so far. And I know there's not much, but like anything that's that's been listed thus far, like the, the, the team isn't playing around, right? Like Kuji's not playing around. We've seen them many, many, that's not a guarantee, but I put, I put a couple of bids in uh, for, you know, was that like an average of 70, what was it, 72, 78% off? Like, we'll see what happens. Go play around. Like, Pilot is awesome. Go play around with that. Well, well, that's the, the beauty of Pilot, right? Is that, well, there's two things. Two things that make Pilot, in my opinion, way better than, than sort of just your general uh, public sale, pre-sale, whatever you want to call it, right? The first thing being on the investor side, you literally pick the price point that you want to purchase these tokens at. So you come up with some sort of valuation in your head for, for um, you know, potential market cap that you think this thing will be and then from that you can then decide okay well for example right if you think that this thing will go to a 50 million dollar market cap and the starting price is at say 25 million but goes all the way down to 96 percent 
uh, premium. You choose the exact valuation that you want to get those tokens at. And that to me is insane, right? You, you don't have to, you're not forced into some uh, valuation that you don't want to go into or, or that perhaps has, uh, you know, some, some strange vesting or, or uh, you know, other terms like that, right? You choose what you want to buy. If you don't get it, it fills from obviously left to right, the, the lowest discount to the highest discount. And so all of the tokens are purchased. And if yours aren't purchased, you're, you're not unhappy, right? Because you put it at the price point that you wanted to purchase them at. And, uh, you know, you can't be upset with that. The other side, the flip side being, there's, I don't know if any of you two were involved in the Wink pre-sale, but, or sorry, public sale, but there's a lot of game theory with these pilot launches that makes it massively beneficial to the person raising as well. Because for this one, for example, there's a six hour delay between when you, um, when you place the bid and when it actually shows up and it's registered and, and you, know, you can actually get your bid. So when this sale ends on January 31st, there'll be six hours before it, and that'll be the last time that anyone can put in their bids. But you won't be able to see those bids reflected on the chart until six hours later when you can't change anything. So that game theory of, do I want to run the risk of getting the lowest discount premium possible and therefore the cheapest uh, price for my tokens, but then run the risk of if too many people bid to the left of me on higher, uh, sorry, on lower uh, discounts, then I, I don't get my allocation. So you'll see a lot of people just, you know, there'll be a there'll be a graph where there'll be a lot of bids on say eighty percent, and then six hours before they'll just slowly shift to the left, which just means that the person raising is is then raising more cash and then can do more things with that, and the investors are still getting it at you know whatever price point that they're bidding at. So. I, you know, at that time as well, when Wink was launching, it was pretty peak bear market and, and vibes are really low. That was the most fun that I'd had in crypto in a long, long time. Everyone, literally everyone was active. Everyone was in the Telegram chat sort of playing around with it, uh, trying to understand what their strategy would be and, um, you know, just, just trying to find the best premium that they could get. Um, and let's not forget that, you know, anyone that did that is, is obviously massively in the profit now. And it was just a lot of fun. It was just a lot, a lot of fun. I, yeah, I'm a massive I, fan of Pilot. I, I, uh, I was playing around and I put out a tweet not because I was rugging me. Can you hear me? You, you yeah, cut she out, keeps calling me. And be, like, she knows when I'm trying to say something. Um, no, but I still like, I, I put a tweet out there, not financial advice, guys, uh, but I was like, 96% off. Ah, I'm going to get that. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I got I to gotta delete that and move it to the left. Like you said, I got I to gotta go over here. And then when, when the time comes closer, it looks like a lot of fun. And I'm DJing like that in a very conservative way, but it looks like a lot of fun, guys. Uh, if you guys want to game this with me, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think this, we could almost do, do a whole space just on this because I was looking at it the other day, right? And they're saying, um, it's saying 3.36% is filled. Is the team issuing the token committed up front? to a specific amount of tokens issue, or can they look at the bids and say, you know what, we think our, our token's worth more. Let's only fill the first 50% worth of bids, and then in six months, let's issue the other 50% in the same manner. How, how does that work? So with this specific one, uh, it's a little different because they don't have like a, a, a minimum that they need. 
And I think to be fair, that's probably the same with all of the pilot races, but we've just not seen that so far because you've always, you know, you've reached the cap. But let's say there was less than the cap. Uh, you know, if you needed a hundred thousand and there was only eighty thousand, the rest of those tokens would just go back to the person raising. But for them to, you know, they, they can't just say no, we're not gonna allow you to to buy these tokens at this price because they've already committed to these percentages, right? You know, they wouldn't have obviously look they're they're hoping that they're not going to get every single bid on 96% and that's the only one that fills. And well, they've, they've been right so far, right? But by committing to that percentage in the first place, you know, they, they know that there's a possibility that they could be selling those tokens just for that price. But these guys won't have that problem. I'm, I'm very confident on that. I, so I, I probably know a bit more about Akla than, than a lot of other people just because I've been able to meet them in person twice now. So they came to the Plucky Penguins meetup in London I had a chat with a few people there, and I think that's really what seeded the the opportunity uh, for Akla. When when you know you get to hear it from from the horse's mouth, right? The the founder's there and he's chatting to you about all of his his exciting plans and how he's got into this. And that human connection and being able to look someone in the eyes gives you a lot more respect and trust. Um, I feel like I'm a good judge of character, but that's impossible to do online because you can just, you know, you can be anyone. You can be anyone online, whereas looking someone in the eyes is uh, is a, a, a much deeper connection. Uh, and then obviously from that, I've, I've I've gone to meet them as well. And uh, look, yeah, this space isn't to do with Aqualibo, but I'm I'm obviously very very excited to see what they can do. And more importantly, they're going to bring in a lot of outside capital from Gujira into the ecosystem, so onto Pilot. You'll see the bids sort of flood in um, and, and we'll get a quite a, a, a large rate for Kujira, which obviously shows off and stress tests Pilot, which is obviously a great thing. But more importantly, 5% of the stable coins that are put into this raise will go back to Kujira stakers and 0.5% of the entire tokens as well will. So you'll get a massive Aqua or AQLA airdrop. I guess not really an airdrop, but like a, a staking reward to your to your staking rewards, um, as well as obviously a nice stablecoin deposit as well. And I imagine that these guys, well, they'll they'll have no problem doing six figures, and they'll probably do a couple million as well. So we're looking at a a, a pretty large reward for Kujira Snakers at the end of this. That's no, this is really cool. Maybe we need a um, maybe we need a separate space with that team, and we could also cover how pilot actually works the nitty-gritty of it but it looks like the bids are going to fill from left to right the same way a liquidation would would be uh bought up on orca is that right yeah the i mean the ui is exactly the same and i imagine that as they were building orca they were sort of realized that oh shit this is a an unreal way to do raises as well uh i mean look this is this is what these guys are like the the kuchira guys are are I mean, if you if you just look at chronological order of these the protocols that have come out, it's Finn, and then you needed liquidity, so it was Bo, and then you had Orca, but then you, you you could do the liquidation, so therefore it was possible to do a stablecoin, and you know now you've got a stablecoin that uh, is a debt position that you can now do perps on top of, and you've got a money market, so now they're building leveraged yield farming. It's insane, like these guys will just have an idea, and they'll go off on a tangent and create this new, uh, you know decentralized application in a couple of months release it no token always a fair or even the one that did have a token unstake no team allocation no advisor allocation no 
pre-sale, no public sale, no nothing. Literally just airdropped it to the Kajira community. And if that doesn't sort of, you know, that's a testament to their character and, and who these guys are, that they can just create a new protocol like that, not need to give out advisor allocations to, to half of Cosmos and still kill it. Yeah, I think my, my biggest complaint about proof of stake specifically in Cosmos is that the Genesis allocations are enormous for very few people. There's almost no incentive to build a good application once the token is launched, especially in the right conditions where sometimes there's like a price pump, whether you're advertising APRs, you roll out some weird weird lockup for the token, the team can sell into that or they could farm into it with their their allocations being um you know going through a 12 month vesting schedule if a team is willing to distribute the tokens in a fair way whatever they deem fair way to be without giving themselves whatever the standard is 30% of the supply which is which is insane more than more than 1% is insane to be honest that that means that they're committed to building out the app or if they walk away it's to no risk of or very little risk to the community, right? So I think this is this 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 way makes sense. I hope this is done more often because right now it's hard to trust anything. Where you know I make a protocol with my friends. We're all anonymous on the internet. We've never attended an in-person meetup. We make a shoddy website and we give ourselves thirty percent of the supply. It's it's absolutely insane that people at this point going through rug after rug after rug, bear market and all that are willing to now buy that token. It, it, to me, it's insane. Well, even worse is that they've got 30% of the supply. Maybe they'll have some sort of lock on it, but they can stake it from Genesis and, and just sell the staking rewards. Right? Oh, that, to but, me, that makes absolutely no sense. It takes all oh, it's, the risk. It's ridiculous. It takes all the risk. Oh, Tank just got kicked off. But I was just, it takes all the risk off themselves. It takes all the onus and accountability off themselves. And you can't say, oh, well, we're a startup. We're not going to make money for five years. There's no startup in the world that puts all of the risk on their customers. It doesn't, that, that doesn't exist, right? It, it's, the risk is on those who have the most to gain for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could talk about this for a long time. Of course, of course. I'm sorry, I just, I accidentally muted everyone. But yeah, let, let, let's talk more about, and then I'll save my rants for my, my YouTube. And um, mm -hmm. that, that, that'll be better because then I could, I could rant to myself and, and then the chat's on delay. So anyway, you guys, you have all these apps, they work together. I, I'll save some spicy questions for the end, but I guess my question is, as you add features and apps to this, does it complicate things? Because unstaked sounds like some type of liquid staking, whether you want it's traditional liquid staking or not. To me, I feel like that that's really going to complicate this nice synergy that exists between Orca, Bo, and all these other apps including stablecoin so i i think you might have misunderstood what unstake is so i'll, I'll explain it briefly now and i think for sure by the end of this you'll 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 have that same feeling of oh my days these guys just always think of composability so what what unstake does uh sort of tldr is that it allows you to instantly unbond your lsts so for example amp kuji to kuji or uh stride atom to atom and under the hood all it does is it borrows that underlying asset from ghost itself so instantly your 
providing more borrow pressure on ghost because you the the incentive is that for example if you're a new liquid state protocol that wants to come and, and sap some market share from the the leading industries in this space right the best thing for you to do would be on your ui to have a a, a nice little button that instantly unstakes your your uh, atom derivative goes straight to native atom and then directly into their atom in you know one click probably a few transactions done but more importantly it's at a better redemption rate than if you'd try to sold or sell sorry stride atom or or any of these large uh lsts if you try to sell them on fin or on, on, on osmosis you'd get a worse rate for it so we have essentially eradicate lst pairs on on dexes which in itself is an insane thing to say um by eradicating that lst pair and offering a better redemption rate and therefore you know just on, a, on an aside way more borrow side pressure on ghost therefore make way more lending apr more liquidity coming in and you know just another one of those flywheels right but by offering that service to up-and-coming lst projects kujira becomes the de facto hub for them because it's the best way for them to offer instant conversion of another lst into their native one if that does that make sense i think i've explained that well it does make sense so you're because you're introducing this kind of liquid staking act it's actually an unstaking application you have your kuji staked you want a liquid a liquid form of it you'll use this app and it does lean on the other the other parts of the defi suite the way they're the way they're built in the first place yeah exactly that um and so to to answer your question does it does it get more complicated i'd again say the answer is no because i feel like with most of these defi building blocks that, that we've built out so far they can operate on their own you know they are siloed in some way that if you wanted to just trade you'd go to fin and you don't need to worry about any of the other apps if you wanted to provide liquidity and earn rewards you do so on bow and you don't worry about any of the other apps right whereas where the complexity comes in is more to do with the protocols that will build on top of them so uh i mean i can't think of an example but there'll be there'll be someone that builds something on top of say you know you leverage deal farming is an example then you know you, you build something on top of both ghost and bow where you're allowed to borrow from ghost deposit into bow and you're utilizing the two of them the complexity is you know it goes up but your job as a protocol would be to make sure that that complexity is just under the hood so you're just simply clicking the button that says i want to leverage yield farm this is what i have to do this is the asset i provide this is how much i pay for my product and this is the apr that i'm getting for providing liquidity right so the earnest is more so on the protocol to abstract all of that away than it is at a base level for this to be so complex that it becomes confusing to people. Um, so yeah, I guess that'd be my answer. And I agree. It, the onus is on the platform or at least the app builders to attract people that are not necessarily power users. And I think Kujira has been attracting people from outside the ecosystem even before prices have reversed. I remember being in Telegram. I'm recognizing people from and and, and Twitter from other ecosystems. And I'm like, all right, this is definitely bullish for Kajira. Um, and that's kind of when I started using it more and, and buying tokens and whatnot. 
Hey, hey guys, I got to get out of here. So I just want to say thank you, Joe, for letting me call us with you. Uh, KP and everybody else that came on, I uh, really appreciate you guys, but I got to get out of here. Sorry. Take care, bro. No, man, I appreciate you sticking it out for the four hours. I, I, I thought you would just come in, come be coming in and out, but you helped me out tremendously. And of course, you bring that that more trade fi angle, the macro angle, the trader angle. So I appreciate that, man. So yeah, on just you, you, you mentioned it there, bringing in people from outside of the ecosystem. I feel this is where I'm perhaps most qualified to talk about in terms of just the things that I've been doing myself rather than what Kujira is doing, right? So Perfect. on a more basic and simple level, Plucky Penguins have, have been doing this in, in various small ways, right? So NFT collections, I mean, I came on this on a, on a space with you to explain this, but I'll, I'll do it again anyway, where it's NFT collections allow you to destigmatize DeFi because DeFi is given this name and it sounds scary, decentralized finance. It sounds like something that you need a lot of, of skill to be able to navigate and, and do so profitably. Whereas it really isn't. You know, you're, you are just clicking a few buttons and as long as you understand the brief sort of simple aspects behind it, you can earn relatively risk-free money, you know, other than sort of smart contract risk. But so one, you know, the things that we've been doing that have been pretty successful are, um, you know, EVM bridging competitions. Um, that happened, that was literally just last week or maybe the week before, but we had $70,000 of, of liquidity come in from EVM to Kujira on, you know, the only incentive to do so was 250 bucks and your NFT collection as part of the storyline that I'm building would have a, uh, you know, a bonus, an added bonus or something, which to me was, was striking, right? You're, you're offering almost nothing, barely any incentives. But and yet you get seventy thousand dollars of liquidity in. So it made me realize that really all people need is is a tiny little nudge, and the the snowball from there is is you know insane. So that was really successful. Um, we're doing two weeks of competitions now. So a little plug there. Got two thousand dollars of well uh, one thousand nine hundred dollars now of rewards for literally just using Kujira apps. So depositing. Stable Swap LP is today's competition. Uh, we've got ones where it's lending on Ghost, supplying liquidity on Bow, um, trading on Manta Swap, just all of these different things, right? Um, by being an NFT collection, it was very easy for me to market it to other ecosystems. So things like Solana and Cardano and uh, even Migaloo, actually, we, we by targeting their NFT communities and, and getting them in and offering them whitelists or, or any of these things, right? They've been the ones that have then come in and gone, oh, how do I use this? Or, uh, you know, what's the benefit of this part of Ghost and blah, 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 blah. So that's been something, you know, to be honest, quite beautiful to see is that you, you really don't need much of an incentive to come in and check Kujira out. And uh, genuinely not once has someone come in and said, you know, what are you so bloody happy about? Why are you so bullish on this? Everyone that uses Sonar thinks it's, you know, the, the, the most unreal UI UX in the world. Uh, obviously, look, there are a few quality of life issues and small tweaks here and there, but it's still in beta. So I think people appreciate that, you know, the, it's, it's a work in progress kind of thing. But the, the meat of it all works perfectly. And it's all at the, you know, the access of your phone, which is insane. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, that's mostly penguins. But more importantly, 
the Kujira Academy has been uh, probably what I'm most proud of in, in terms of what I've achieved as, as part of my, my time at Kujira. In, I think when I spoke to you, Joe, it would have been just early November. So we literally just started. And in the last two months, we've now got a team of probably just under 30, maybe 25 content writers. So these guys have been writing articles literally every single day. In fact, we've got a backlog of articles now over Christmas, and all of these are going to start coming out and be released on Wink Hub. And these are anything from strategies within Kujira itself to, uh, you know, our most recent ones were Solana. So it was how to get from Solana to Kujira and the different things that you can do with Sol on, um, on Kujira too. And it was interesting when I first joined this space, as you were saying that we need more articles and we need more education and this kind of thing. And I totally agree. We need to hold people's hands to literally get into this ecosystem and use this shit because it's not difficult to us because we've been entrenched in it for the last you know, two years. It's so simple and it's really easy to forget all of the small pain points and, and the, the things that you had to learn through mistakes to get to your position of uh, you know, wisdom now in this space. Um, so that's, that's sort of our core aim at the moment in terms of the content creation side. It's literally just provide as simple as we can guides that offer an explanation visually and, and written for how to do X, Y, Z, but then also the benefits of this. You know, how can you use this to grow your capital? Because again, this is another beautiful thing about Kajira is that you don't even need to own the token to earn any money. Every single one of our products is a, is a DeFi primitive that allows you to sort of use your assets to grow your assets. Um, Orca obviously being like the, the main one or the, you know, the, the, the shining light. But even just bringing in your Ethereum to, to Ghost and lending it there is offering you 15%. You don't get that anywhere else. You don't, you know, there, there's nowhere else that you're getting that yield that easy, no lockup, no sort of, uh, you know, impermanent loss or anything like that. It's insane. So I think people just need to, need to see it. Uh, and they need to be literally, like I said, held their hand through all of this. Um, and I've been doing this. I mean, personally, myself, I've, I've just been giving people, you know, 0.1 or 0.2 Kuji, give them the gas fees to come in, literally tell them, okay, well, this product is interesting. This one isn't. This one you can, you know, do this with. Uh, you can earn your yield on, for example, Sol, if I'm, if I'm talking to someone from Solana or uh, Ethereum here, if I'm talking to someone from there. And that to me has been maybe like the, the more, uh, the most beneficial thing that a community member can do, right? Because that's all I am. I'm a, I'm a glorified cheerleader for Kujira. And if you're listening to this and you are just a community member, right, it's so easy for you to do that. It's very easy for you to spend 50 cents, tell them the different interesting things that happen and, and you know, that you can do with their, for example, Solana, if they're from there, or Ethereum, if they're from there, AVAX, if they're from there. It's very easy to bridge in as long as you hold their hands for it because all of these things just look scary to begin with. Um, so, yeah, that would be my one sort of, piece of advice to anyone listening like you know community can make a difference we've seen it massively with Kujira academy because these guys are just community members right they're nothing you know they're not tradfi experience or uh been in the space for for 10 years doing bd they're just normal people and and so am i so by organizing them together and giving them sort of a, a central purpose and a, and a, a story to build we've achieved you know quite a lot since then we 
so just in terms of like things that we have done, it's maybe about 50, 60 articles now. We use tracked links on those articles. Um, and there's, I think there's just under 4,000 links clicked now. So people are reading them and actually engaging with them, which was important for us to know. Um, in fact, quite interestingly, we, it also allows you to see what people are more interested in because uh, you know, it tells you which links are clicked the most. And for the most part, by almost 50%, it's explore the Kujira ecosystem. So people are dead keen not to just know what Kujira is, the token. They want to know everything about it. They want to know what is in the ecosystem, what products are there, what Kujira alts are there, you know, all of this different shit, right? And it's, that to me is fucking important because we don't want people to just come in and be speculative investors. We're a community and a, and a chain of real users. People that come in day in, day out um, will be in that Telegram group and they'll be actually using the products and explaining it to other people or asking for new strategies and this and that. It's not some you know, inflated chain with nothing there. There, there seriously is substance here and, and people are using it to find value every day. Um, so that's why we, we made Kujira Academy and, and why we, you know, why I am personally just so passionate about it and think that, you know, we can take this to a, a massive level, um, especially now with Kujira Ambassadors, um, which is like the, the second major uh, pivot of, uh, sorry, pillar of um, Kujira Academy, where we'll have people from across the globe. And I mean, from, from Nigeria to Latvia to Argentina, going into their local communities and talking about Kujira. Whether that be in an informal setting and it's just, you know, going to a crypto meetup or organizing one and getting people to come in and just try out Sonar and all these things, to more formal things like, uh, I don't know, a, a stand on a campus, a university where someone will come in and use Sonar for, for five, 10 minutes and, you know, have their own wallet and we'll incentivize them, give them some Kuji to, to go and have fun with. You then build out this, you know, wider ecosystem of more than just DeFi participants, but more outside capital, new capital, people coming into crypto and seeing, uh, you know, just the Kujira ecosystem as a whole, which I think is very appealing to, um, to, to, to people that haven't necessarily dived into crypto yet, because it's all on, it's all on your phone, man. All I've got to ask you as a, as a normie is to say, download this app. I'll send you some Kuji for fees and everything is there. It's literally Binance on your phone, but on chain, fully transparent. And yeah, I realize I've been speaking for a long time, so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you buy in now, Joe. <laughs> no, I mean, this is good. I think, I think that your head is in the right place. We got to hold people's hands because then when they do hit some of the pain points, at least they will have gotten through the basics and they'll have a little bit of confidence that they could work through the pain points and stick it out rather than just like, clicking out of the app, going to a different blockchain and doing their business over there. It, it, it makes a huge difference. And I think people that have been here for a while, they forget how long it took you to figure out using swap. Like for me, my swaps were just not going through. It took me like two days to do my first swap on Uniswap. I was like, what is happening? Why do I have to click MetaMask so many times? Didn't go through. Check it at night. I still have the same tokens. So to have community members that are actually value add and not just numbers, on the Twitter following, it makes a huge difference. It's almost like, well, you were NFT founder. You know what the, who the real community members were who were doing a lot of the heavy lifting that your team would never be able to do. So it's it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. 
Yeah, Kujira, Kujira doesn't have a team of, of three founders and however many underneath. It's, you know, the, the community has become our team. And that's something that I've, I've seen the same bloody faces for, for the last two years. And day in, day out, these guys will ride for Kujira in every single group chat that they're in, on Twitter, on Telegram, on Discord, any sort of question that comes in, they're the first person to answer. I don't know another Telegram chat that is like Kujira's. Someone will come in with a question and it's nine times out of 10, a community member that answers them. And within seconds too, like it, people are, are more than just passionate about the price. People are passionate about what we're building and what, you know, the, the implications that that can have on their assets and, you know, being able to grow them. And uh, yeah, I think people have bought into the vision, which is so bloody important. And they bought into who we are as people again as well, because we're human. And I think people respect that in the community that we're very approachable and we're very uh, honest and we've, we've led with integrity this entire time. And despite, you know, any of this hardship that especially we faced sort of last year and, and, and since then, we've not budged on all of our opinions and all of the things that we've said. We've not budged from that and we've not chased narratives and we've not gone where the money was easy. We've not, you know, we've, we've stuck to our guns and, and it's paid off. And I think a lot of people respect that. And uh, yeah, like I said, just the more human aspect to it. It's not some hierarchical structure where Dove is impossible to, to, to reach out to if you are a community member or if you have an idea for something to happen, you can't immediately have support from you know, half of the community. So I think, yeah, I think we got not necessarily lucky. I think that's, that's a bad word for it, but fortunate that our community is so passionate about what we do and maybe that's just a, a product of of how passionate we are uh, over our products as well so yeah i mean i think i think it's you know it's one thing to just like you said be a little bit fortunate a little bit lucky but you guys have real real products and people will come back again and again and there's a network effect to having satisfied users who will then go and pull somebody else sometimes from a completely different ecosystem and you never know it might it you, you you get your occasional whales trickling in on top of all the you know i would consider myself a small user of of these platforms um but i'm telling people that i know deal primarily in eth or primarily in cardano and they have way more capital than me and as soon as they get disgruntled over there they might come back and say hey you were telling me about kujira how do i get there well i could send them one of the articles you're talking about, hey, this is how you bridge in from, this is how you get in from Ethereum. It makes it makes a huge difference. I think a lot of the builders in Cosmos are almost two heads down and just figure, I just want my contracts to work. And then I've achieved my goal. People have to use it again and again for it to be Yeah. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And this again goes back to the sort of uh all you need to do is give people a small nudge and uh, the support that they need to to go and do this. Because doing it yourself is is scary. And if you know that someone has done it before and they're an expert in it, then you you feel a lot of that pressure alleviated, right? So by having a written article in front of you, by also being able to, you know, anyone in the community is very easily accessible in these Telegram chats. For example, whenever someone, I, I, I've onboarded a few people this week from Solana. And the first thing that I'll do is I'll send them my article or, or the article from my students, sorry. I'll send this to them. 
it's a nice written article. It's got pictures. You can see easily how to do it. But if you've got any if, uh, any issues, here's the Telegram chat. Someone in there will 100% be able to help you within sort of five minutes. If that isn't the case, go to the Discord. There's a ticketing system. Our mods are, are you know, they work so bloody hard on all of these tickets. I don't know how many we're on now, but <laughs> it's got to be near 10,000 different tickets that these guys are, are, are working through, right? But that's what I mean. You know, the, you, you're really... You're basically doing it for them. You're clicking the buttons literally for them. And you know how how, how much more safe can you feel? And on that, actually, we'll we we've got a person coming in, or, or two people actually, that do videos as well. So we'll have videos for all of the the articles that we put out. So video, sorry, video guides that we can then link in those articles that literally shows you action for action what to do and how it's done and uh, and all of this. Which I think, yeah, it, it, it is important and it's something that like you said i think you touched on it that you, you just forget you forget how difficult some of this actually is because actually that's wrong you forget how new it is to some people none of it is difficult in my opinion you are literally just clicking buttons and you have to do what you're told it's, it's like new it's new thinking i think I yeah think it, 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 it's a new kind of thinking and it's easy to get discouraged and give up and maybe never log into the app again right it's it's well, very easy by, by giving up nothing right so yeah, like you said, it is very easy to give up. You you could just hold the tokens on a centralized exchange if you're not comfortable using these apps. But once you get comfortable, I think you're right. It's not difficult. You just have to think about it a little bit differently. The app is the app is doing something different than the traditional finance app, like my app or my Fidelity app. So anyway, I wanna I wanna end. People stuck this out for a long time. A lot of people came in when you started talking about Kajira. If people are still paying attention. I got one spicy question. You could answer it if you want. You don't have to answer it because this is recorded, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is that cool to end on that? <laughs> that is a that is a charged question. Uh yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, I guess I, wanna, I wanted to I wanted to ask Dove, but you know what? I want to know in your like on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being a certainty and then 1 being almost almost zero chance. What were the what do you think the odds were that when you were being pressured, when Kajir was being pressured about the open source, closed source thing, how certain or or unlikely was it that um somebody was trying to literally steal, copy your code and give it to a competitor without naming the people involved? Sure. Um I think it's a certainty that they would look at it for sure because what people don't understand is that that there is a, a magic to Finn especially. There is a magic there that hasn't been done before and there's a reason that it works so well and it isn't as, as buggy and as shit as all of these other order book exchanges that have come out. There's a reason for that. And when I was first making the articles, I called it Hand Special Source. And you know, to this day, I still say it to a lot of people that like Finn is, is, a, is a thing of beauty. So... A, a thousand percent they would have looked at it would they have stolen it and used it for their own thing who knows um but i, I think it, it was something so you're that saying that thousand percent so you're worth saying it. like on a scale of one to ten is it like in the middle like a five or you you could decline but I, i'll, I I'll give it i'll give it a five yeah i'll give it a five i, I think they'd a thousand percent looked right. at it and taken things from it because it is so good you know you'd be stupid not to 
because at that point it's open source, right? So that's that's the point of it is that you get to take it. And, yeah, and, and adapt I think, it for your own. Thing I think and, there's a, and maybe that's why there isn't an order book decks on a competitor right now. Right? So anyway, I, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you entertaining the uh, the question at the end. I'm still gonna ask Dove if I ever get him on a space because I think that that was allowed to be swept under the rug very quickly because it was you guys that were targeted and not the chain. I think that you guys were slighted early on. I think Injective was also slighted. I think Megalo is being slighted. But I think that Kajira has just, like you said, stuck to their guns. You guys, in the next bull market, when we get to the peak of the bull market, you guys might be the DeFi ecosystem in Cosmos. We don't know, out of the 75 chains. So I think you, you've positioned yourselves extremely well by sticking to your guns and also obviously the community gets a lot of that credit as well for sure and i mean i guess my last spice to take on uh, on this basis is that in my opinion we already are we already are the DeFi hub of of cosmos We're perhaps not the one with the most liquidity between you know injective and, and sire all these ones that have just suddenly become very valuable but if you actually go out and use those products and use those chains the reviews are terrible. I mean, it was all over Twitter the last two weeks that why is this thing pumping when there's nothing on it, right? So anyone that has come into Kajira and actually used the products, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'm living in my own little silo, but no one has really been like, this doesn't work and this is terrible and the UX and the UI looks awful and, and well, just nothing works. Everyone sort of gets to know it and enjoys using it and, and creates value from it rather than it just being you know, there for, for vanity metrics that they can then show online and say that, you know, X, Y, Z, right? So in my opinion, there isn't another one. We are the DeFi hub. There are a few that are close. And there, are, there are some that are, that are actually interesting to, to use uh, and each have their own sort of unique set of things that, that, that they want to show online, right? But for me, Kujira, DeFi products that people actually use and people gain value from day in, day out. Perfect. Well, thanks so much. I have to, as much as I hate to do it, I have to wrap this up in 45 minutes. I'm actually going to interview the founder of ThorChain and put it on my YouTube next week. So that should be interesting. I have to actually eat something and probably drink something and get ready for that. And uh, all the guests were great, man. We had, we had some that often get the spotlight. Obviously, we finished with Kajira, which was big, but you guys got to hear from Entry Point, Somalia, Shade, Eagle. And um, Kajira, so thanks so much for sticking it out. This was a long-ass space, but I'm glad that I did it. Hopefully, we can make this a regular thing where we do this DeFi mega spaces and let people know exactly what's actually building because two years ago, we had nothing but chains, and now we got a bunch of apps, and it's interesting. So have a great one. Enjoy your new year. And thanks again, KP. Always fun talking to you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends, dragging out the max amount of pain. Red down days, got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of crap
to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, though the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt, we rape and plunder the earth. Say and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Ten spaces.